Welcome to Miss D's Lunacy. My dear guest today is very interesting. She went to finishing school, but she thought she was finished. She wasn't. Then she went on to become one of the world's supermodels. And when she was finished with that, she began finishing people's houses as a world-class interior designer. Please welcome my red-headed beauty queen, Jenny Garrigue. Good afternoon. And it's lovely to be here. Thank you. Miss You're D, welcome. for inviting me, and so we can share some fun stories. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about finishing things, starting things, finishing some more, and always starting things. So my dear friend is British, as you can tell, if you're going to hear a lot of her speaking. And she lived in London, and uh, so I, one of my favorite things about finishing is that she did go to finishing school. Yes, I did. I was in that point in my life when I couldn't really make up my mind what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to do something that was very artistic. So my father said to me, well, why don't you go and finish off at a finishing school? And there's a famous finishing school in um, on Old Bond Street in London called Lucy Clayton's. And uh, so I went there for an interview, and they said, absolutely fine, she can come here in a week, and um, which I did. And, um, and I actually had been quite well finished at that time. <laughs> so after I had taken a few classes, they said to me, well, you know we have a modeling agency attached to this finishing school, um, which we think it would be a good idea if you came and um, interviewed with the modeling agency. Wonderful. So I, I went, and um, and sure enough, they said, yes, you're the right size, you've got the right shape, which is very important in those days. Um, still is, but you, but in those days they were very particular. And, um, and they said, also, we'd love you to work part-time in the finishing school, finishing off everybody else. I love it, I love I, it. I love it, was, it. it was a lot of fun. So... The Smodling Agency sent you just about all over the world. Yes, they did. Um, well, the first thing they did actually was to send me on these fashion shows that um, we, we have and call all over the world. We have seasons for fashion. And we were coming into the um, autumn season, uh, which is the fall season. And um, I went off to see one particular designer who was just starting. And her name was Jean Muir. And she became extremely famous, and she she made beautiful clothes that nearly every person I know, woman, um, looked beautiful in. And um, that was the beginning of my process of coming to America. But she was, you were her fitting model as well. I was her fitting model, and that's why the sizes were so important, because they had certain sizes of, of, of stuffed models, so to speak. And um, we had to sort of be around the same size as those. Um, nice comparison, right? Inc well, it's incredible <laughs> because it's just, it just seemed seamlessly to go the way it was supposed to. It's true. Absolutely. Uh, all the doors sort of opened at the same time. And uh, I took, you know, I took the advantage and went through them, which I think you should do in life. You know, if basically a door opens, I think you should 
go through it. And then go to another and one. go to another one. So then Diana Freeland came, right? And Vogue yes. came. Yes. We were, uh, the, again, this was a fall fashion show, and um, they loved Jimmyo's clothes. And at that time, they were opening up these wonderful boutiques within stores. Um, and Henry Bendel in New York on 57th Street was the first one to create these actual stores within stores or shops within stores. And they wanted to open one for Jean. So they said, um, we want you to come over. We're going to have a, a lovely fashion show. We've created this great ambiance for you in this particular store. And we also want Jenny to come with you. So, and I sort of looked and they said, and don't worry because we've got um, a modeling agency we're going to introduce you to. So we suggest you get at least a two-year visa. So um, that's how it started. And we went over to um, America, to New York, and Gina and I put the show together, chose the models. And um, it went off with um, with a big bang, so to speak. And at that fashion show, um, a man from Yardley, a CEO, I think, of Yardley, came up to me and said, we would love to have you as a Miss Yardley girl to travel around all of America promoting English fashion and um, English cosmetics because that's Yardley of London was the, the cosmetics. So How fantastic. Right place, right time. Right place, right time. All right, so now you're off again. Yes, off again. All over the United yes. States. Oh, we had so much fun. And I, I had only just arrived in the United States, so it was really um, terrific to be able to see all these very famous cities I'd heard of, you know, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, and go and Texas, um, uh, and to actually be sort of, taken around in the best possible circumstances, um, giving interviews on morning TV and afternoon TV, and um, and even Texas, where you're from, Terrific. Yes, they well. gave me the keys of the city, a 10-gallon hat, and a water pistol. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. And that was the mayor? That was the mayor. That is amazing. I've never heard anybody getting so much kudos. I know. I mean, neither had I. And believe you me, I was being swept off my feet. How lovely. But then you have a funny story after being sort of being treated so well by the mayor and everybody else. Then you ended up in Dallas and got a ticket. Oh, yes. Uh, I know. I was jaywalking, you know, which is apparently against the law in Texas, which is probably a very good law. But uh, I don't really have an awful lot of patience, so I was sort of dodging the traffic to get across the road, only to be hauled away by a policeman. Good Lord. You should have said, listen, I've been talking to the mayor. Leave me alone. I've got the key to the city. Plus, I've got my water pistol. Yeah, well, that wouldn't have been too good. good since they all carry guns down there, it, yes. it probably would have been perfectly normal. Right. But you, did you get out of it anyway? Oh, yes, they did. They, uh, they, they said it's the first offender, so we won't. We'll just give you a warning this time. So please don't start jaywalking. We don't want any bodies on the floor. I love it. I love it. And then you kept on going throughout the United States, and then you went back into New York, continuing to model some right, more. Right, And joining up with these amazing designers, yes. from what I understand. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Um, they were all, of the time, um, 
George Stavropoulos, who was Greek, um, and then there was um, Christian, also yeah. Christian Dior and Jimmy Galanos, who was also Greek, um, Bill Blass, which I'm sure you've all of heard course. of. Um, so I had a wonderful network of, of designers I worked for. And yes. this is the, the first time that really and truly it became art to me, you know, the way that these designers put their clothes together. Um, holes, no, 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 no bars. I mean, across really? the the actual um, design. Um, well, you, you were right in the thick of it, so mm -hmm. you were absorbing the ideas of textures, yeah, right. and and uh, this is how you later became what you did. But I'm not right. going to tell it right now. Right. So now there's Hannah Mori, who was also oh, she was Japan Japanese, Japanese. A fabulous, fabulous woman, whose um, husband was one of the big five in Japan. Um, and she used to design all the um, costumes for the Tabaki Theater. Oh, how wonderful. And so she wanted to get into um, designing clothes for women, real live women, you know, not the theater. And um, so she came to America. I met her. And lo and behold, she invited me back to Japan, where we went on a tour of Japan showing all her beautiful clothes. I mean, it was pretty smashing. You know, really was. Fabulous. So you traveled to traveled Paris. And, Paris. To and then I went with Christian Dior to Paris. Oh, and, I'm um, so jealous. Oh, it was it was quite amazing. Um, so it was, it's, it's, my career was phenomenal and it taught me so much. Well, you had to, yeah, because you're dealing with the press, you were dealing with the organization of the girls and the system. Right. So you and then you became sort of the leader of the pack in a way, and you would organize them. But but now that you've become a very big flyer, some of those were not working out so well because you'd get stuck at airports, plane were delayed, oh, right. and so some of your stories where you're you were trying to go do Ralph Lauren and oh right a yes. big trafico and big right. problem and yes so there are some amazing stories that Jenny had you know being stuck in airports and the fog and she was trying to get on the Concorde and they always said to her not going you know. yes I know and you were like trying well, to get across time warps I well, mean or time changes exactly yes and trying to get to one place to another but you sort of managed to get there finally in Washington I think one hour before the show went on well that's yes. unbelievable well okay from London yes it was that's kind yes. of a long way to go right so I really admire your courage and your determination because when you start going to all these places you don't have much of the control no, you unfortunately, don't. and so you and I have our funny stories of always getting into trouble at airports because we're like, "Well, this is not happening." Yes. <laughs> so um, then, what what's really exciting is is the, the the modeling continues and continues, and then you're doing all of these shows, and you're still in New York, and. Uh, your husband at the time, I think, was uh, wanting to leave. Yes, he was. Um, I met Billy on a blind date, um, and uh, and long story short, um, the blind date didn't go very well. So um, he chased me all across America, um, which he wore me down in the end. And I said, "Okay, I'll have lunch," and um, and then it all started happening after that. So, um, and I was, at that time, he was on Wall Street, and he was getting fed up with Wall Street, fed, uh, going back and forth on the the um, subway, and he was just ready to leave, because it was his hometown, and he'd been there for a 
long, long time. And so he wanted to go somewhere which was a little quieter, which was um, more, shall we say, um, just more uh, less available, hectic. less hectic. And um, of course, I didn't want to go at all because I was having such a great time in New York. Studio 54 and all those wonderful, wonderful nightclubs, everybody out there having Fun and games. Andy and, Warhol. Uh, Andy Warhol. That was yeah. That was my time. Met Andy, um, and quite a few all the Holstons um, of the world and the Bill Blasters and this that and the other. So, and the Liza Minnellis. Uh, so we were really in the throng of it. You were certainly amidst yes, everything. I know. What a lucky girl, wasn't I? Yes. Amazing. You know how people would like to do so much and then it just sort of fell into your hand, which I think is so marvelous. But also you were. So good at what you were doing, people realized that you were quite talented. Yes. Uh, well, hopefully, yes. <laughs> okay. So my friend here has just been living all over the world, and now she they find an apartment here in Palm Beach. Yes, we do. We can. I said to to my husband Billy, I said, okay, let's give it a whirl. So we came down, and we found this wonderful apartment over the top of um, one of the buildings on Worth Avenue. Love. Uh, it was so. It was super. It was had a it had a great little terrace, and it was just a pied de terre for us to start outside Taboo Restaurant, where there was a wonderful. Um, uh, at that time, they had a valet, a permanent valet, you know, and they had the cigarette machines that you had to put your quarters in and pull out the cigarettes. Well, that's so funny because we can't park anymore. No. So uh, yesterday I snuck into the Everglades Club and parked my car there. There's no place. I mean, there's, it's this not, is it's impossible. Impossible. I, could, I couldn't even get here on time, but mm. uh, now it's gotten very, very crowded. But I love the old photos that are in town of what the town used to look like and what it looks like now. Yeah. And I did basically the same thing. I thought it was just too hectic for me in New York mm. and I couldn't put up with it anymore and I was a professional water skier so I needed to, to work uh, um, at my water skiing. So I started ski water skiing here. And that's how I came about. Well, that's, you know, it's funny because I'm surprised you didn't meet Billy because that's what he did. He actually wasn't professional, but he went into all the club championships and this, that, and the other. He was brilliant at that. So the so two of you should have got together. You'd have had a great time. Well, it time. would have been great fun. Yes. Sorry. Well. So I did basically the same thing. But you were continuing all of your career still in New right. York, but that was a hop, skip, and a jump for you. Right, it was. And I could, you know, it was an easy place to go from Palm Beach to New York. Easy. And, um, and then a lot of my other um, jobs were basically um, in cities, you know, like Houston or Philadelphia or San Francisco or Fabulous. Los Angeles or in, in, in Europe. You know, you could go fly down to Miami and get all the planes to um, across to, to London, Paris, and um, Tokyo, um, and so it was. Um, it was handy, you know. I mean, it was a handy place to live as well as a very beautiful place to live. Now, I've heard that your apartment in, in New York brought a lot of attention to a lot of people, and they were fascinated by your design and your decor. And when, what you tell us? Yes. Sir. Well, it was just you know I loved my modeling and um, I certainly had so many advantages and I met so many people, and just by osmosis, you know, I just saw how these incredible designers put fabrics together. I mean, one designer, Jimmy Galanos, um, would put a chiffon skirt with a tweed um, jacket and beautiful um, oversized um, faux jewelry, and it. 
it was just amazing. I mean, so these is this is where I learned my uh, learned my sense of pattern on pattern, and mixture of textiles, which was um, is so important in the interior it design is. business. So I said, well, I've always wanted to. Um, you know, sort of really have another career, another, you know, it's nice to have several careers in your life. Um, so this was my next venture on. Um, and I went to the School of Design in New York and learned sort of the rudimentary way of running a business. And um, we got our first commission with a girlfriend and I went into business together and we got our first commission at the Hotel Carlisle. Fabulous. Which was, well, what a fabulous hotel. Mm-hmm. I know Miss D knows that hotel very well. Absolutely. And um, so that was a great success. And then um, another friend of mine was opening a PR business down at the new Palm Beach Polo and Country Club in um, in Wellington, uh, in just outside of um, about a half an hour's drive from Palm Beach. And she said, would I like to go down there and work with her for a while and put together some um, models, of which one was for when Prince Charles and Diana got married. And so I was asked to do that one, plus two more, one for the Secret Service. I love it. I and love one it. for all their, their, um, their staff. So that was a, a great start. And um, and then and your friends were just saying, "Could you please do my house? house?" Yes, and they kept saying, "Come, come, let's do my house." And I started off um, with lovely sort of island look and and um, and I and I mixing of textiles, colors, and uh, it's something that I think they hadn't seen. It was just quite new to them. Very unusual. I, I mean, you're 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 beautiful. Your some of your Indian fabrics, your Aborigine sort of look. Right. And all the textures that you have, your bracelets, my goodness, if you'd oh, I could move in her house, it would take me hours to just play with all her fabulous jewelry and chunky and unusual and fab- fabulous. But one of the houses that we can talk about is the one that you did for Mr. Kluge. Oh, for John Kluge, yes. Oh, that was wonderful. What a gentleman. Yeah. Ah, well, you were so, I did not have the pleasure of meeting him, mm. but he had bought something like what, five acres? Yeah, he bought quite a lot of land. I think he um, tore down five houses, houses. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I think four, but that's near as darn it. Um, so I, it, he just, uh, I had a friend of mine who worked with him, and um, he had seen my work, and he said, I'd love to meet Jenny. So I went over there, and um, we chatted, and he chatted about what he liked and what he wanted, and he told me that he had probably one of the best Aboriginal art collection. Um, Your favorite? Yeah, my favorite. In, um, I, I would think, definitely in America, probably in the world. And uh, so he sent me down to um, Virginia to look at his warehouses. So, I mean, I was like uh, somebody in a sweet shop. Uh, all these incredible canvases, more one more beautiful than the other. So we actually, I, I pulled about maybe 15 paintings, and um, we started with them basically as a backdop for, for, actually we did two houses on this piece of land. Um, and, uh, in, and, and we didn't have a contract or anything, we just had a handshake. And um, and he was just delightful to work with. So you just had yeah. such a good time. Yeah. And it was funny because at the end, um, when he was coming to see the finished product, um, 
I said, you can't see it. You have to pay 25 cents at the door to come in <laughs> yeah. and see it. So he got his hat off. He got 25 cents out, and he put it in his hat and said, okay, now can I come see my house? Ah, that's wonderful. And he was thrilled. He was thrilled. Absolutely So you thrilled. mixed colors, purples, purples and, things like yeah. that? Plus he had absolutely phenomenal art. I mean, apart from the Aborigine, he had beautiful statues and stuff and um, all kinds of carvings and things. And he was, uh, you know, he had a, a great eye. He was a wonderful collector. So it made it sort of easy for you because with your eye and your colors, mm. you were able to sort of put this whole thing together. Yes. And mm-hmm. he loved every, every bit he of it. He loved every bit of it. Oh. I know, especially the, the rugs I got for him, and because uh, I love rugs, I think I must have been some kind of a um, uh, one of those people that rode around on a camel with rugs in another life. Uh, and uh, so I anyway. was a laundress in my prior life. Uh, were you? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew, right? Who knew? I just li- I like to iron. I like to clean because it's very self gratifying. Mm. You take, see the spot, get rid of but, it, and you're like, hey, that worked. Very, very, very. I can't wait three hours for something to happen. No. And so, Instant gratification. Exactly. That's what we have in this world today. Well, that's why I like cleaning, you know. Right. And you said the dust goes. That's a good idea. That's right. Once you see it, then it's gone. Poof. Oh, I love it. So yes. now you have this wonderful boutique. And, of course, yes. everybody knows you because you've done so many wonderful things. And so your st- store and your traveling, we've done a few trips uh, together, right. you and I, mm-hmm. through that fun- wonderful friend of ours that I did a podcast, which Anthony. is Anthony Underwood, who runs a wonderful traveling agency cool. called the Argosy. And and I think you've been on 18 trips. 25. Oh, dear. I, I know. It was that many. Yeah, no, isn't it amazing? But, I mean, the things that you bring back are oh. absolutely phenomenal. So I think you probably have an empty suitcase in the suitcase, and then you just load it all up with all the goodies from around the world. Well, actually, what happens is every city I go to around the world, I buy another suitcase. You buy another suitcase. (laughs) I think somebody did that on one of the trips when we went to Vietnam and Cambodia. Yes, I think that somebody was me. I think that's somebody. Yes, (laughs) and this was before they really had the sort of postal service in full bloom. Um, So we really wanted to take the things with us because we weren't sure whether they were going to make them back to America or not. Well, if you in some countries, if you ship, you're probably never going to get yeah, them. Yeah, same. Especially yes. since they have a lot of countries have a lot of hard times now. Right. But you went to Africa, which you loved, and you brought, bought some fantastic things. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine bought half of your pillows, which are so divine. Oh, so funny, yes. And she just went nuts in your store. And every day I walk by, and there's just something more beautiful in the window, and you do the Red Cross houses all the time. Yes, I do. Well, my mother was one of the heads of the Red Cross in London, so it's very close to my heart. She used to actually go around and see all the old veterans and take them Aww. presents and, and have tea with them and you know and give them some fun in life. And my mother was always very outgoing, so she had you know, a great time with everybody, and they loved her. And she did an awful lot, I think, for the Red Cross. So um, that's when I took up her torch and said, well, I think the least I can do is carry it on and um, do these showcases, uh, which make quite a lot of money um, for the Red Cross. That's true. With all the disasters going on in the world today, we really, really need them to be there. I agree, but I love the article when they said that Jenny had torn up an old robe, yes. And I mean, I, I, only you can do this. <laughs> and then put this fabulous purple fabric around it, and the whole thing is just 
wow, pow wow. <laughs> and uh, I just said, that's fantastic. Right. The old, the, I well, took a rag or two, an old robe. I just think it was. Well, I feel like, it like Scarlett O'Hara when she grabbed the curtains and made herself into a fabulous dress. Um, wonderful. I wonderful. go around and I love textiles and throws and this, that, and the other. So I buy coats um, from. Um, from India and um, and Morocco, yeah. and uh, some of them are too small, too big, or whatever. And um, then I cut up, cut them up, and make them into either pillows or tops of ottomans or whatever. But anything that will create something that's a bit more unusual. And you also have trunk shows, which are wonderful. Yes, I've had three trunk shows um, this year. Uh, um, an artist friend of mine who's brilliant, I love her, Dora Frost. And then I had, um, I've always had a clothing designer come in because I've, with fashion, of you know, course. I love clothes. And um, Remember we all went in there, three of us, Liza and you? Right, yes. And I bought so many things and I said, well, I don't think they're going to work. And then the whole thing went fabulous. Yes. yes. And I bought a beautiful coat, which, which I loved. And Liza bought some things and we were all running around with... It's fun, and then I have a lot of jewelry. I've had a jewelry designer this year, and so we put it all together. This is amongst all my furniture and things, because I, I think one has to realize that I love souks and markets, and I love everything you find in them. So I wanted always a souk, my own, a little more well, sophisticated, and I have everything in there. It's you know, wonderful. So you continue to travel yeah, all the time. All the time, yes. I love it. You know, it's, it's a big world, and it needs, you need to, to Well, I loved it. Oman. I thought that was yes. wonderful. And we had such the joy of listening to Joshua Bell. Oh, was that incredible. I, can you imagine you have to go around the world to find out that he's amazing? Joshua Bell is an incredible uh, violinist. Hmm. But he has such personality. He just sort of moves with his own music, which mm -hmm. is very unusual. Mm -hmm. And he has such energy, and he moves his head, and he moves absolutely wonderful. We were spellbound, weren't we? Ah, we just were pinching ourselves, because here we were in Oman, the other side of the world, practically, and here's Joshua Bell, who is the conductor and the, the, the force behind the St. Martins of the Field um, uh, choir, you know, and, 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 of course, the um, orchestra. And here he was, and in this fabulous new um, hall, uh, the, the opera house that, that, that the Sultan had built for Co all his people. Beyond, and they have beautiful mm. colors and mm. moldings, and it, it was just stupendous. I think it was one of the guests that had actually looked it up by accident that he was going to be there, and we were going to be there. Right. Yes, and it's uh, and uh, we've been following him whenever he's anywhere near where I am. Anyway, I always try and get to go to see him because he's he was amazing. here and I unfortunately wasn't here and he, neither I, was I he I played think. at the Kravitz Center and I was f infuriated with myself because I wasn't there but um, on one of our trips we actually lost Jenny yeah. and it was quite uh, so scary you have no idea Jenny is a tiny petite person and she was taking her she you'd gone on a, what's something a 1500 yes the 1, long 000, way up. Uh, 500 mountain top or something right I chose not to, thank goodness, because mm. I'm very clumsy, and I chose to go somewhere else. So we divided the group, and so once you're at the top of this whole thing, God forbid you fall anywhere, you fall 1,500 feet to your death. Mm. Well, Jenny had her, her pot, her iPad, her iPad, and she was moving around taking pictures, and all of a sudden, one minute she was there, 
And the next minute she was gone. Yeah, that was and, scary. Oh my God, Jenny. The fear, <laughs> the fear, the fear. And so all our wonderful guides are sort of looking where'd she go? And the only crevice that was there was the one that you luck, boy, you've got luck, yes. that was left. And I think you only dropped nine feet. Yes, onto and a up, ledge. Onto a ledge. And this portal thing just is going, ah. Mm. And we thought she had disappeared. So the fellows were amazing. And we thought she'd probably broken every little bone in her body because she's so tiny. And they were amazing. They put you on their backs. They went down. They got you. They were able to get an ambulance, but they didn't have four-wheel drive. And so somehow... It was all very, very scary. It was. I was never more scared in my life. Oh, but um, but it's luckily, you know, I practice yoga and swim, and um, I say I know how to fall, but I, I think that I don't stiffen up. I, I, I feel You're very loose. I thought you had broken every bone in your body, and you didn't break a, a thing. thing. No, and um, I had a few bruises, but that was it. But you girls covered me in ice to stop all the bruises, so I really did quite well on that one. Well, we're so glad because we need you around. Oof, I don't think I was ready to quite go. <laughs> no, no, you are amazing. And I just, you give such joy to so many people Thank with you. all of the things that you do. And uh, I hope our audience really enjoys this wonderful person because, oh, by the way, you also do a show at the Art and Antique, antique show. show. Yes, every year. They have this fabulous Art and Antique show comes, and it basically is all the, um, uh, uh, I would say, um, galleries from all around the world. They come from London. They come from um, they come from Egypt. They come from, I would say, Japan. We have a wonderful... Uh, gallery there, and they they gather in the convention hall in West Fabulous, Palm Beach, yeah. and um, and also they have they have everything from art to uh, showrooms, and you do a showroom and, every year. Yes, and every year they we we put together we gather all the different um, art and furniture from these um, particular people. Um, or the vendors, as they call them, and we put a um, a booth together, about seven designers or five designers, I think. I think Lars Bolander was that with Lars you, was with us. and Campion, Campion Platt. Platt, and um, and they're beautiful. I mean, they're, they're just oh, they're so unusual, and we have panels, and right. you, so mm-hmm. you've been doing this almost every year for the past what ten years or so. Well, in not this particular one. This is maybe two years, three years, um, but others similar to that I've done. And then you all give talks, which is so marvelous. Yes, and so we have panels, and all we all know each other, so the panels are a bit of a giggle, and we <laughs> answer questions, and we all have sometimes a different point of view. But that's great because our audience loves different points of view. Some of those, so. spe- some of those, cl- well, the, right, yeah, some of those speeches or whatever they are, are very interesting. Mm-hmm. And last year there was somebody talking about. Uh, how to find stolen art. Oh, yeah, that was fascinating. It was really, really amazing how difficult it is to find it. Mm -hmm. It is. And, of course, now I'm finding out that lots of the arts are forgeries, but anyway, that was through my lovely friend Rochelle Orstrom's book. Right. She did an amazing story about sort of finding the scandals of the art world, and there was a Rembrandt group that got together, and there were a thousand Rembrandts they saw, Mm. and there were 340 that were actually real. Right. Hello. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. And uh, museums are actually o- owning forgeries and not know it. Right. They are. And then uh, now, of course, everybody's under scrutiny. So they, and with these shows that they have, they have the vetting committee, which comes through and they vet all the art and, and all the um, furniture. 
um, that is actually going into that show to make sure that nothing is a copy or, or somebody good, a forgery. That's a good thing. Yeah, so, um, so anybody that's over there in these shows are, are very, um, you know, well, well respected. Well, wonderful. Well, I feel like you're like a Duracell battery. Yeah. <laughs> you're never going to stop. And you told me that somebody had given you a bunny rabbit. Yes, I have Energizer Bunny. I got it for Christmas. I think it's wonderful. No, well, right. somebody gave me a, what is it, a med alert. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I much prefer the bunny. That's a lot more fun. Well, the med alert's quite a good idea, actually, for well, a lot I, of people who live alone. That is true. That is true. Of course, I can never find it, but... Um, that, that, that's okay. I'm going to handle it. Yes. Now, my dear, um, I would like to say thank you again so much. I think this was very, very interesting. And please remember that Ms. D's Lunacy is on Google.com, Twitter, Facebook, and please enjoy and do push like. We look forward to hearing your comments, and we'll see you very soon. And as I say... Lead us not into temptation. We can find it ourselves. There you go. And I loved being here, Miss D. So thank you for inviting me. Well, you're always such a joy for so many. So thank you. It's a privilege for me as well. Oh, thank you. All right. God bless everyone. <laughs>